Um, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> are you one of those guys that says let's go like when you are celebrating something? Um, not as emphatically as others. Definitely yeah. some like big time let's go. Yeah. Here's not what I'll say. I have said it. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say I say it, but I have said it. Uh huh. You know, like in the way you think, in yeah. the like, let's go. <laughs> As the maximum expression of um, excitement. Yeah. Unity. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that for me in my my life, but uh-huh. it's, it's there. It's out there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more um, of a yeah. more of a roller. Let's roll, all right. Let's just we don't have to go. It doesn't have to be abrupt. Let's just roll. Start this. Get a move. Yeah. Hey, let's get a move on. <laughs> let's hump it. Uh huh. <laughs> you ever hear that? My dad used to say that it would crack us up. Uh huh. Mm. Um. Well, as you can tell, this is. I don't know. This is um, no one likes the tuna podcast. I almost forgot the name of our podcast for a second. Uh huh. <laughs> it didn't no forget you. The... <laughs> this is no one likes the tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nostera, and I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, every wee two weeks we watch a Fast and Furious movie. We That's talk about correct. it for forty five minutes. That's the whole gag, and. Uh, this week's no different. We watched Fast Five. We're going to talk about it in a second. I do want to mention another little movie that I saw yesterday. Okay. Which, just because it's relevancy to a guy we talk about a lot on this podcast. Uh, I did see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part Ooh, 1 yesterday. Okay. Most importantly, what's the runtime on that? Oh, good cue. Long. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? Like everything Uh fucking else, uh, it's fucking long. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up right now. I had to make a bathroom break. Mm -hmm. It's 2.49. (laughs) Which is just unexcusable. Mm -hmm. I saw Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, which... uh, Fuck, my phone just fell. Um... Which was like 222. Honestly felt refreshing to have a movie in the 220 range, which was great, which was crazy. Um yeah, two two hours and forty-nine minutes. Um what do I want to say about this movie? Other than, like a movie's good. You should go see mm-hmm. it. You should go see it on a huge fucking screen. It's very I'll just let you know now, and I don't think this is a spoiler. It's very Bond. Like, we mm. talk about it in the way that of, in like, in its connection to Bond a lot before. Mm-hmm. This one especially felt very Bond to me. Mm-hmm. Um, how long has it yeah. been since the last Mission Impossible release? Mm, a while. Yeah. There was a novel coronavirus between... The last one and this one. I feel like the last one was like 2018. So that's yeah. almost five, five years. Five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
That's do you think there's time. a, yeah, I mean, in your viewing, do you think there's a market progression worthy of five years or is it kind of seem like it could be placed in 2020? I mean, Tom looks older. Yeah. I think he's finally hit the point where he's like, I'm a little, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm looking a little bit older now. <laughs> It looks great. It look don't get me wrong. It looks great. The movie's good. It's tons of fun. There's some action sequences in there that are like mind blowing and like just great. Mm-hmm. You know? And they built sets. Like, ah, it's so refreshing. Right. So there's that going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it felt very James Bond to me. For reasons that will be apparent when you see it, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like vibe-wise. Just like felt more akin to that than some of the previous entries. That's all. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing. I like James Bond movies. Um, when do you think, or do you think it was potentially shot at the same time that Tom Cruise was doing Maverick stuff? No, because that or- movie was supposed to come out in 2020. So this was shot after? After. After. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that movie was supposed to come out in 2020. Instead of doing the thing like, oh, maybe it can come out in late 2020, they were like, kabosh! It's not coming out till everybody's better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so that's why it came out last year instead of 2020. And that's why yeah. like these two movies are so... Kind of maybe worked out great for Tom. I think like that movie doing so well last year is going to help this one track better. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, exciting movie. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. Tom looks great. You'll like. It feels very familiar and like a warm bath. I had a good time. Nice. You know. I will say Indiana Jones. Really good. I really <laughs> right. liked it. I really had a great time. Uh-huh. Like, if you did, you watch those movies when you were a kid? Uh, yeah, I watched the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Like, I think I was like eight or nine, maybe when I watched them. Hmm. Um. So, and I loved them. Even the third one, which people say is sort of lesser, and then the fourth one came out, and I didn't like it. Like the the skull, the crystal skull one. Oh yeah, was like with maybe the ten alien. years ago, <laughs> had an aliens yeah. in it. I didn't like it. I think on a rewatch, maybe two years ago, I've softened on it. I'm like a mild defender of that movie, but not really. <laughs> yeah. uh, I still think it's pretty bad. <laughs> and like Shia is. I I'm even like a kind of a Shia defender too, but yeah. like he's not good in it, <laughs> and. Um, Anyway, so I went to see this Indiana Jones movie, and guess what? It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great fucking time. And 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 Fleabag, the Fleabag lady is in it, Phoebe Waller-Bridge or whatever. She's incredible. She's uh-huh. so good. I want like six more of these things with like, I'm, I'm like, okay, if she wants to just do them from now on. That's uh-huh. how I would feel about it. Is she, I didn't, yeah, I don't know very much about it. Is she supposed to be Indiana Jones' daughter or something? She's like his goddaughter, so God no. Got yeah, it. He's, she's like the daughter of an old professor friend of his in this movie. I see. Yeah. Um, but in 4, 
Lee, the Shia LaBeouf character was his like forgotten son, like uh. his long forgotten son <laughs> who was like jaded and like a ruffian and like wore a leather jacket. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think his name was like Scruff McGruff in that movie. Something like uh-huh. that. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So Shia yeah. played himself uh, in that movie. Yeah, kind of at the time. At the yeah, time. exactly. At the time. And then, yeah, now he's like, I'm, I will spoil this. So spoil Turn your thing off. I'm not going to spoil the movie, but I'm going to spoil a little detail about the Indiana Jones movie. Turn your shit off for 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, Shia is dead in this movie. <laughs> uh. They're like, oh, he, oh ooh, oops, he's oops. dead. Don't be hearing from him. Not at all. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, br- brief moment of sadness from Doctor Jones, and then boom, keep it moving. Yeah, R.I.P. So, it's touched upon in the very beginning. So I don't feel like I'm really. It's part of the setup. So, yeah. uh, Movie was rip roaring fun. I had a great time. What a blast! Okay. What a popcorn Good. muncher. It was so Good. much fun. Anyway, should we talk about Fast Five? Sure. How was your watch through this week? Um. Yeah. Good watch through. Right. This is the first time we are watching five after Ten. X. Yeah. Right. As the you know storyline source material for the newest movie here. Yeah. So. I mean, I think they did. Good choice, as far as I can tell, because when I watch this movie, it's like, you know, it's the last time that the original characters are still intact, right? They're still criminals, um, and, you know, you're, they're still using the point break, like, you know, are they criminals? Are they moral? Like, how, how do you, yeah. yeah, what's the deal? Like, and you are still in their psyche in terms of, you know, are we acting out of self-preservation? Is it greed? Is it, you know, right. what is it? And that's still, you know, very much intact in this movie. And I think that's one of the reasons. I think it's a good move in terms of um, returning to that in 10. It gives yeah. an opportunity for XA or XB and C to... Um, you know, bring everything back together in a, I don't know, satisfying way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. The one note I had about that, like in its relation to X, is that Uh one thing I think, I don't know if it necessarily hurts that this is the situation, but it's something, it feels like all the mythology that we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. The lore, the sort of like story that they've built around this franchise, really has to do with Dom. Basically, only. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's kind of, it used to be Dom and Brian only. Like, you know, it was like their story, and now it's morphed into just Dom. And they haven't been able to sort of supplant that and build lore that really touches upon any of our supporting characters in a way that's meaningful. Like, Letty died and come back. Like everybody, you know, Han died and come back. You know, but like the the lore with like Han dying and come backing and come come back and come come <laughs> dying and then like being resurrected and the girl I forget her character's name. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, in nine, uh, the girl that he. 
The Chinese oh, the, girl who's like the part, puzzle. she's half of the Aries or what Project Aries or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't remember her name at all. Me neither. <laughs> like, they're always girl. looking at me like, I forgot <laughs> that person existed fully. <laughs> right, but like, exactly. Like that lore that's sort of built around Han is not sticky at all. Mm-hmm. Right? And the lore that's built around Giselle isn't really sticky. Well, it was sticky until she like is back from the dead, right? The lore mm-hmm. that was built around Giselle is she's dead now. Right. But even Jordana, you know, it's like there's nothing... If she wasn't in the story from the get-go, if Jordana never existed, right? If Mia Toretto didn't exist as a character, would this franchise weave in a different direction? Like, pro- probably not, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's Dom versus the world at a certain point when you boil it down. And I do think, I mean, that sort of makes for compelling moments where it's like one man in a car versus like the entire world is (laughs) interesting. But I also think it makes our secondary and tertiary characters a little less vital in a way that hurts. I don't know. Mm. I would like them to be more... I would like something in the story to arise out of one of our secondary or tertiary characters that affects them mm-hmm. and is, like, centered on their lore and, like, is sticky in that way, you know? Yeah. Even, like, Tyrese, who is an engaging performer. I mean, that's what really, like, stuck out to me in this movie, too, which is Tyrese is a talented and engaging performer, and, like, we don't give him enough respect on this podcast... I don't think they give him enough respect in the movies anymore, especially since it's so crowded and like all they can do with Tyrese is, you know, the five minutes of screen time he gets in X. You, you, all you can do is just give people the Tyrese thing. Like, you know, all mm-hmm. the, is the, like the the boiled down Roman Pierce. Whereas in this movie, he gets a lot more. And like his whole interaction with the evidence locker guy is interesting and he's doing interesting stuff. And he's just like a talented guy. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of points in one, but like the movie's overcrowded, but also the overcrowding and the overcrowding hurts, but also it just makes it so that like when it comes down to something that's important, it's Dom versus Reyes or Dom versus mini Reyes or Dom mm-hmm. versus, you know, who, who, whomever. Right. So yeah, I don't know what on, you, how you feel about that. Yeah. I took notes about that same comparison actually. Mm. Like when it comes to the Dom lore, I like started thinking about it specifically when like Elena picks up the cross, like what's happening there. Right. Mm. They are, and to me, it's like they are having these like empath moments, right? She picks up the cross and she's saying, oh, there's something else going on with this guy, Dom. Right. I, I am, you know, I'm interested. I'm compelled to figure out what that is because right. it's not it's not just a surface level something. There's more to understand here. Totally. And when I th- And I think one of the like running themes or what makes... Dominic Toretto's character complex is these empath moments that he has throughout the entirety of the series, right? Yep. His, right. His, we call, we've called it chemistry in the past, but his ability to, um, you know, 
see and develop that relationship with the Busta, like, right off the bat. Like, the he has those moments with Braga, for example, being yeah. able to just, like, see more and see things differently. Um, sometimes, right? And they, they play on that in a lot of different ways. Like, those empath moments sometimes turn out good and they're satisfying. Like, um, but, you know, uh, other times they are jumbled and they're corny, you know, when you think about, he tries to do that stuff, even the end here with Hobbs, I'll be seeing you, no, you won't. He's, you know, trying to hold it together, but they're, you know, I think mechanically they're trying to show that, hey, like, this guy Dominic Toretto sees the world and he sees people in a way that is unique to him and that, you know, nobody else can do as well as he does. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, Vin has positioned himself into that place on the pedestal, right? Yeah. But I just don't know that that's ultimately, like, rich in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And not that it hasn't been entertaining <laughs> until now, right? Like, not that that mm-hmm. hasn't sort of worked. And I guess I would probably do the same thing if, like, a, there's a formula that works and a type of storytelling that works that's very Dom-centric. Why wouldn't you do that? But I don't know. I just think that, to use a car analogy, I think that tank is going to run dry at a certain point. Where it's like you haven't built us up to care about any of these tertiary characters really enough and their storylines to do anything with them, ostensibly. Right. Yeah. Um, the last thing and the, the closest the closest we got sorry to interrupt your point there but like the closest we got honestly was Hobbs was like mm-hmm. and doing the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff and whatever the new Hobbs movie is going to be which I'm kind of I'm like maybe coming around <laughs> like I'm excited for it I just but you know like that's the closest we got to a character sort of breaking out of this franchise in a way that would could work I don't even mean spinoffs. I just mean like centering a storyline around somebody else that's not dumb, kind of. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The one thing about the the final thing about the empath part is that mm. I think, you know, there's a level of comfort and heightened perception that they're trying to show with Dom and his and his different interactions with people. I think with Roman. It's like, it's a the opposite, right? Like there, he's like the anti empath. There's a level of right. sort of discordance in all of his interactions. A bounciness to him, yeah. A bounciness to it, but it's still, you know, there is a level of perception, and there's like a, you know, the audience might feel it as a little bit of awkwardness, but in, you know, at least within the mechanics of the movie, like, yeah, what Roman says, it's disruptive, but ultimately it they use it in a way that brings people together. People are like, that's unusual, but you know, we accept it and that's good. And they use it as, um, like a punchline, like that's acceptable. Like this is good. So the approaches I think are, um, you know, different, but you know, underutilized in the grand scheme of things. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is all, like, can be put much more simply for me on my side Mm -hmm. of, like, I would like a Letty movie. 
basically. Right? Like, I would. But what you've done with Letty's storyline in the past four movies is nothing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. He, like, goes to a Tokyo, kicks butt, and then, like, comes back to base and reports to Dom. That's not actually, like, anything. <laughs> you know? That's actually not anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all the Dante stuff and the Reyes stuff and the blah, 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 blah stuff is, like, great. It just feels like anything outside of Dom's world and motivations and goals is kind of empty. And mm -hmm. him being like a relatable, empathetic character and people connecting and being magnetized to him obviously is interesting. And obviously sort of translates into the real world in a way where it's like Vin Diesel is an actor who has a lot of like complicated flaws and weird things and a lot of things to sort of poke fun at too. Like we acknowledge that, right? Mm -hmm. But we also acknowledge that like people and we are very magnetized and drawn to him in a way that's we can't quite put into words right mm -hmm. like it's like very difficult to ascertain like what our deal what our deal is with Vin Diesel <laughs> but I want to watch him you know mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I, I get it I just you know I want to let him movie I want to let him movie I want it I want one so bad that doesn't have fucking Dom Toretto like do it right mm-hmm like the Dom in a coma movie I've talked before. Yeah. Letty can be there and um, Mia can be there. Man. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Anybody. Literally anybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe not John Cena. Um, huh. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I could do a whole f a different, a whole bunch of different ice cream flavors of Fast and Furious, right? Like, <laughs> you know, we've talked about the time travel movie. They could do a movie where, like, they have to race across the U.S. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I think Can that would be Cannonball fun, you know? Run. <laughs> yeah. A Cannonball, exactly, like a Cannonball Run movie, Fast uh -huh. and Furious. Yeah, they took they um you know they skipped over that in the Bandoleros short. Okay, you just gave me three clips of Brian racing and like you know through the Midwest. But yeah, for those who don't know, Bandoleros, Fast and Furious Bandoleros is a fifteen-minute short film in which Brian drives from L.A. to Miami, and that's about mm -hmm. all that happens. In, a, in like mm -hmm. a weird, there's like four montages in this 15 minute <laughs> short film. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, so, if you can find a copy, I don't even know where you would find a copy of it nowadays. Maybe on like the original movie extras or like Too Fast extras, potentially, mm -hmm. like on a DVD. But yeah, I don't even, it might be even on YouTube. I'm not sure. Yeah, you might, you could probably get a low res version of it on YouTube. Yeah. Give me a uh, Fast and Furious Underground movie. Mm -hmm. I don't mean like underground racers. I mean like under the ground. Like put them <laughs> under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with a whole bunch of like mole people enemies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That would be uh, good. But um, yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne could be there. Like Morpheus in the Matrix? Like, <laughs> Morpheus <laughs> in the Matrix or... Was it? Isn't his character like the? Isn't called the Rat King or something in the um, John Wick movies? Oh yeah, like the he's like the pigeon guy or something like that. The pigeon. In those movies. 
Yeah. Got eyes everywhere in the city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just think let's branch out, guys. Like, we got to mm-hmm. start thinking about, like, the timeline of what we're going to do with this franchise. It's coming up. You got one more movie. Maybe two. If one. Vince is to be believed. But um, probably one. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if Vince is to be believed, too. But I don't believe him right now. So, um, yeah. One thing I did notice in this film is that when they say that there's DEA tags on the cars Mm -hmm. that are on a train in Brazil, what is the DEA going to do with the cars? Like, how are Mm. they going to get... Brazil is quite a far place away from... America. Right. Do they plan on <laughs> taking the train to America? Like, where are the cars going <laughs> for the uh, DEA? Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty valid question. If Can you take going- a train from Brazil to America in any sense? I don't think so. I don't see why they would want to build a rail system that connected not even Continu- that. I just mean like, yeah. yeah, yeah, contiguously. I think you're right. There's no, there would be no drive to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. But also, I think you're you got to cross the Panama Canal at some point, and I don't think there's any rail lines that go across the Panama Canal. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think there are. The only other thing they could be doing is like transporting the cars to a boat or to a plane. Hmm. Or just like a truck. They're in a container, right? Mm-hmm. Or are they in a, in a tra- they're in a train car. They're so in a no. train car. Yeah. Huh. Maybe, uh, you know, instead of, um, how about this? Instead of putting them in like a trailer transporter, if they put them on a train, they can put more agents there. And the agents don't have to pay attention to the road and operate an 18-wheeler. Instead, they can chill read a magazine while covering that distance. Okay. So maybe the DEA agents chose the uh, alternative mode of transportation Mm. so that they could relax and stay sharp rather than spend too much time. They didn't stay that sharp. I'll say that, though. (laughs) Right? All those cars got fucking stolen. So, you know, there's that. There is, in mm-hmm. fact, confirmed a train bridge across the Panama Canal. So, oh, okay, that's I got cool. That wrong. Yeah, it's pretty cool. In 2020, it did get wrecked by a bulk carrier, so I'm not sure if they've rebuilt it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. But you can run a train across the Panama Canal if you really want to. Wow, that's cool. Um. Anyway, do you have any more notes on this? movie um i was trying to take note of the you know it's mostly bad guys but sometimes good guys on motorcycles and it's you know and we throughout these movies they seek out and try to execute on driving scenes that you've never seen or thought about in your entire life and the you know they utilize motorcycles as a, I would say, effective change in momentum, mm-hmm. right? 
because if you you know there are some of these movies too fast tokyo drift a lot of driving and you do get um fatigue from just cars crashing you've got you know a hundred um florida Dwayne, what do they call it Dwayne county dade county police yeah. zipping around you get fatigue from just seeing like uniform cop cars getting smashed up and yeah. throughout these movies i mean other yeah it's not just a signal for badness you have johnny tran you have um who else has motorcycles like the fate of the furious uh cuba like scenes you have bad guys doing stuff on motorcycles but at least in six you've got giselle and han riding motorcycles yeah it's not That's just the one a I symbol yeah it's not just a symbol for bad but it's you know it's something that they use to change the momentum and i think mm. uh yeah, even if you're, you know, placing yourself in uh, two chargers, driving around Rio with a safe in tow, right, using the motorcycles to zip through it and have to make different decisions on the road is something that, uh, you know, is necessary. Otherwise, you've just got cops driving around like too fast. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is a nice change of pace when the two-wheeler comes in, mm-hmm. you know? I think they should do it maybe a little more for the good guys. Mm-hmm. Gets it still gets a little tired when it's like a bunch of baddies like you know like bopping off on fucking dirt bikes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when like that big shining Harley and that big Ducati monster come out in six and they start ripping them down the highway. Mm-hmm. That's fun, you know. So I think a couple more would be really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pro motorcycle, but again, I get why they can't like quite do it all the time. Yeah, you got to keep the cars. And the it's nice confusing. thing about yeah. the cars is like you can have two people sitting next to each other talking to the, each other. Mm-hmm. That is an adva- a car a movie advantage for the cars that the motorcycles kind of exclude. But mm-hmm. you could do like a radio system, thing, you know, whatever. Yeah, big motorcycle sequence, like only motorcycles. Do you think Dom Toretto, canon Dom Toretto, do you think, do you think Dom Toretto, not Vin Diesel, because obviously not, but Dom Toretto knows how to ride a motorcycle? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Letty definitely does. She's ridden one several times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's kind of her jam. Like in Cuba, yeah. she's on the motorcycle. She's kind of taking the motorcycle mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Letty, Tom Han, no Giselle. Point. That's the only three, really, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It would be funny to see Dom like have to sit like sidecar or in the back of you know like <laughs> that'd be fun. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it too. Uh, do you want to get into some shoutouts? Sure do. Cool. What do you want to shout out to this week? Mm-hmm. What do you want to shout so, out? So uh, a few episodes ago, I gave a big anti shout out to. I believe it was the 
um, jackhammers outside that were yeah. doing the no water bueno. work at 1230 at night. No boy. Yeah. Um, the other night... Not exactly related, but still similar situation. The there's a big like rainstorm. They're doing construction over here at the church slash school, right next to us, and it triggered the building's fire alarm system. At let's call Your it ten thirty, not mine. The building next to us. Gotcha. And this thing was beeping, and it had every single like white flashing light inside. Yikes! Going off. Until 7.30 in the morning. Get the, the morning. fuck out of <laughs> here, bro. Yeah, dude. So this is not actually an anti-shout-out. This is a shout-out because... <laughs> Effective. <laughs> um, after the jackhammer incident, I was, you know, telling everybody about the ridiculousness of the situation. And uh, one, of, uh, one of my teammates at work came by the next day she was like oh i had a give me a handful of 3m classic earplugs mm. she goes i've had i have a ton of these i thought your story was hilarious but next time you find yourself in a uh noise invasive situation give these a try i think so. i have some right here so they're handheld they come in a little like portable cardboard thingamajigger and um the other night 10 30 i was like i don't know you know half an hour goes by i was like i'm not gonna wait for this to stop i'm gonna try to go to sleep yeah and i go wait a minute i've got the earplugs nice okay? so i take these out simple you, you know squish them in little, your ear give a little twist put it in there slap like a baby Okay, nice. and at some point during the middle of the night, let's call it two, three o'clock in the morning, I think either one fell out, and I was like, "All right, let me take out the other." And I still heard the um, fire alarms from next door. Put them back in. They're soft. They're comfortable to sleep on, and they are highly effective at noise canceling. So if you don't have some already, they are inexpensive to obtain. But when you need to cancel out some noise. You're gonna thank yourself, thank your past self that you kept them around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I use—I oh, don't even know. Um, I use—I use like earphones when I go to sleep, so I mm-hmm. this would not be as effective for me. Mm-hmm. I listen to a little like podcast to get me to sleep. Yeah. Um, Is it a wireless or a wired? It is, you know what? I was doing the wireless for a while, but I prefer the wired. Oh. Only because I fucking, I wake up and the wireless headphone is gone. If somebody was to invent like a very cushy, comfortable headphone I could sleep in, I would be mm-hmm. very down for that. Yeah. That would stay in my head. My head. That would be yeah. very good and I would be extremely down for that. Uh, but until then... uh. Yeah. Anyway, so I have only used them um like doing construction work. I've used mm-hmm. like building set stuff when I was a youth. When I was a youth. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. No, I'm I'm pro. I'm pro. I used to have the ones though, I would have the ones that were not the squishy ones 
they were sort of the three-tiered tree, like rubber mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. With a line in between that you could, then they would, they could hang out on your neck or you could put them in your uh, ears. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Those, I imagine those to be less comfortable to sleep and roll around yeah, in. Yeah, I would imagine so too. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right. My shout out, I got two things I want to talk about for shout outs. Mm-hmm. One is a little longer. One's very short. We have some values here. We have, we're sort of in the process of developing our code here on No One Likes to Tune a Podcast. So I want to remind everybody what the tenets of our code are so far. One, be on time for the Uber. Important. <laughs> Two, barber loyalty, right? Pick a barber. You only get to change barbers if you die or the barber dies. Okay. Um, three. If your fountain soda machine is outside the service area of your restaurant, that means free riffles. <laughs> That's a tenant. That's a, those are so far the three pillars of our code. On, on, like, I have another one, which I think uh-huh. might be controversial. Okay. 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 I want to see how you specifically feel about this. This is just, I'm just throwing this out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to a party the other day. At somebody's house. It was it wasn't even a party. It was like a, my wife goes to this like mother's group, and then they had like a little luncheon where like the fathers were invited. So I went mm-hmm. and I had to like, like I hate these things. Obviously, like no, I don't want to go to this. Mm-hmm. So like I'm in a kind of sour mood about it, right? <laughs> I don't want. I'm like I'm sorry. I know that this is like kind of important or whatever. And I go. I show up to these things, but it's a little bit like I don't want to stand around and talk to these guys about. Where do you live? Oh, okay, that's a nice area. You know, like, ah, mm-hmm. like fuck, fuck you. You know, <laughs> um, but whatever. That's a little bit beside the point. But when I get to the house, what do you have to do when you get to the house? What do you have to do when you get to the house before going inside? Uh, ring the doorbell. Mm. Bring something with you. Mm. Park your car. Give your partner Getting closer. You park your car, you get out, you walk up the porch. Before mm-hmm. you, you, the door opens. Hello, would you bring? Oh, thank you. Yeah, come on in. Could you please take your shoes off before you come inside? Mm. <laughs> this is, for me, hell. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to take my shoes off. Right. And uh, I don't like walking around in my socks. And if you're seeing my toes, I'm naked. Like, I'm, I don't show people my toes. Like, it's mm-hmm. not happening, okay? I got nice toes. It's just like that's a private area of my body. Yeah. And I don't want to show it to people. <laughs> right, right. Right? So, like, I got to wear my socks in this person's house. So, here's what I want to pitch out there. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about this because it's a controversial topic. Some people are very, no shoes off. I feel if you're throwing a party and you're having people over, especially like new people, it's not like a familiar group that meets every week at your house. If you invite people over for a party, you have to allow them to keep their shoes on in the house. You just have to. Mm. And like if you need to clean the floor after the party is over, that's part of your responsibility of like, 
throwing the party, in my opinion. Okay. That's how I feel. I don't want to okay. walk around smelling everybody's stinky feet in a party. Right. It smells like fucking feet. Keep your fucking shoes on. Let me keep my shoes on at your party. Okay. So, here's yeah. the deal. Okay, right. baby. <laughs> it is not a universal always on or always off. The mm. determining factor to mm. um, toe coverage is what type of floors are in the place, right? Oh, and if you if you're you know if your main entertaining space on the ground floor is hardwood mm-hmm. or stone, then that is a shoes on. Even if you have carpets of different varieties around, that's a shoes on environment. Mm-hmm. And but if you are entering, if you've got wall to wall carpet. Yeah, if it's wall-to-wall carpet, particularly if it is of a light color, that's a shoes off. You could even go so far as to take your sock off. If you were wearing a shoe and a sock, and a sock you could go, I think you can go barefoot in a Ugh. wall-to-wall yeah. carpet <laughs> situation. <would> gross. <laughs> so I think it has to do, uh, yeah, I think it has to do with the... The flooring. If you're in a situation where there's both inside and outside, um, here's like my a, other feeling maybe a barbecue about barbecue or something. Yeah, here's my feeling about. Yeah, exactly. Inside outside barbecue thing. Like you can't expect people that's, to take their shoes on and off as they go in and out of your house. Yeah. I can't. I, you can't. You cannot. I'm sorry. That's crazy. Like if you're having a, a, a party where part of the party is inside and part of the party, you can't expect people to take their shoes <laughs> on and off. That's crazy. <laughs> But my other feeling about what you just said is if you have wall-to-wall carpet in your house, kind of go die is sort of how mm-hmm. I feel about it, right? Like, kind of, like, maybe kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. do it. I'm, I'm, but, like, I'm going overboard here. But I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to go to your house with wall-to-wall carpet. And yeah. also don't throw a party if you have wall-to-wall carpet. Don't throw a party. Yeah. That's a so. place. You did that for a reason, and mostly it was to keep people out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mostly. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was a period of time where design-wise, wall-to-wall carpet was, like, on vogue, but it's not. So I think, you know, when it comes to modern, you know, yeah, contemporary home design, you want to have areas, and you should have areas that are hardwood, easy to clean, they're slightly more durable, in some ways more sanitary, right? So I think they're, you know, if you want to do wall-to-wall carpet in your uh you know private bedroom areas totally go for it go for it but yeah i'm not not interested in going to your private bedroom areas during your party i don't right i just want to be in the house without taking my (laughs) king shoes off okay where have the shoes been they went 10 feet outside to my car and then they were in my car and then they went 10 feet outside to your fucking house Mm -hmm. that's it yeah I mean, the other solution and the great medium is for everybody or for it to be, um, you know, culturally normal to provide wabaki. Wabaki would be very nice. I would, <laughs> I would fucking wabaki all day. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Although, can I say if I went to like a house party in the U.S. and like someone was like, could you put these... <laughs> Slippers yeah. on or whatever. I'd be like, ah, okay. 
I don't know how I feel about that person. Yeah. Yeah. What if it was, you know, a closet full of fresh wabaki and hotel style? You can you can keep them. Do you wear your shoes in the house? Do you like on a normal basics? So my place is full hardwood. Yeah. Um I wouldn't feel bad if I walked to the other side of my place with my shoes on, but Yeah. I I mostly wear a I mostly wear a croc indoors. Right. I wear a house slipper in my house. Like I've got a rubber sole on a house slipper yeah. that I generally generally don't wear outside. Right? right. But that's general. If I t- got to take the trash out in an emergency on seven o'clock in the morning, I'll slip them on. We're I don't care. For. I agree. Yeah, and I'll come back in the house, no problem. But um, yeah, and I, I got no problem wearing my shoes in the house. I just I like doing it. I like doing it. I don't like not wearing mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. No shoes is for bed. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I and know. if given the Sorry, option, yeah, I've gotten to a point where even sock only. Like, that's a liability, okay? Not only are you, like, picking up everything on your sock, it dirts your sock, therefore when you put it back in your shoe, that's also dirty. But, you know, the slip factor when wearing a um, a sock on a hardwood is too high. It's right? insane to expect people to balance at your party <laughs> if you have hardwood floors and you make them take their shoes. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> You better take out an extra insurance policy for that. I just feel like it's rude. I know, like, most people, or not most people, but, like, my wife thinks it's rude for me to, like, be annoyed that my shoes have to come off. Like, that's the rude part. I think the opposite. I think it's rude to ask people to take their shoes off at your house, at your party you invited people to, on your hardware floors. I think that's rude to me. But I don't know. This is. I think this was a good topic to discuss. I don't think we can <laughs> elevate it to the level of like tenant that we believe in here. But I do right. think it's a good topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to say before we can this episode is uh, Poker Face got nominated for an Emmy today for production design for a one-hour contemporary contemporary series. Like my fucking department. Art department. Wow. Uh, our designers. Yeah. Every, like, it's awesome. So it's Emmy, Emmy nominated. I'm not in the submission. I'm not oh. on the level <laughs> of the submission, which is a, I don't actually really give a shit. Like, I'm not getting a statue. I might get a certificate. Ooh. <laughs> if they win, that's but, nice. Um, I mostly just want to shout out, like, way to go, team. Like, great mm-hmm. job. The team ruled. Everybody was really good. And, like, um, uh, and, and like, I'm just really proud of everybody and it's richly deserved is what I'll say. Congratulations. That's yeah. very big. Cool. Nice job. Thanks. Uh, we built a lot of fucking sets for that show. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, who, if you have any opinions about the shoes on, shoes off type controversy, <laughs> you can email us. No one likes to do in a podcast at gmail.com. You can... Get us on No One Likes to Tune a Podcast on Instagram and um, some other, something else. I don't Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcast. That would be cool if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. That's how I feel. Anyway, uh, goodbye. We might get on threads. Is threads a thing we should get on? Uh, we could. I haven't played around with it yet. 
play around with it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Why not? Anyway, take care. I'll talk to you in two weeks when we're going to be watching Furious 6 to end the cycle. Sounds good. Till next time.